But that doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't speak. He does speak. And it's not the small, still voice in our head. Welcome to the Fox Den with Terry Fox. Greetings, everyone. Thanks for joining me in the Fox Den. Today, I want to talk about hearing the voice of Jesus. What if I were to say to you that Jesus speaks today? You might think, yeah, I hear Jesus. I can hear his voice. That small, still voice I hear in my head. Well, I'm not talking about that. In fact, I would argue you can't trust that voice. You don't know if that's the voice of Jesus. There are many times in my life I thought that that was the voice of God speaking to me, and it wasn't. We're sinful people. We can't trust our emotions. We can't trust that small, still voice in our head. But that doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't speak. He does speak. And it's not the small, still voice in our head. Now, I don't want to completely disqualify Jesus speaking to us individually. But that's not really what I'm talking about. Jesus speaks audibly, and we hear his voice with our ears. Now, this whole conversation may be throwing you off right now. And you're thinking, how in the world does Jesus speak? He's not here physically on earth. How does he speak? How do I hear his voice with my ears if he's at the right hand of God? Well, that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Now, let me take a quick turn here, and I'm going to make a statement. We're going to look at why preaching is just as important as singing. Now, in many American churches, singing is the highlight of the worship service. In fact, it's often equated with worship. And you'll hear worship leaders say things like, now let's have a time of worship. And by that, they mean the music. And it's as if everything that follows the music is no longer worship. Even many Christian radio stations equate singing with worship. You'll hear them talk about these concerts as a great time of worship. Now, I don't deny that we can worship through music. We can worship through singing. We include singing in our worship services across denominations. But worship isn't exclusively singing. Worship includes a whole lot more. And if you haven't done so already, listen to episode 23 where I discuss what happens in worship and why it's important. Now let me come back to the statement I made earlier. Preaching is just as important as singing. And preaching is one aspect of worship that is misunderstood. And again, I'm going to argue across denominations. And many churches give little value to preaching. And I think it's because they don't understand really what preaching is. But preaching is incredibly important, and I'm going to tell you why. But first, let me define preaching. Preaching does not mean speaking. Just because you have a guy up front speaking to the congregation doesn't mean he's preaching. So preaching doesn't mean speaking. Preaching means proclaiming. It is proclaiming good news. It is proclaiming what God has done for his people. In the United States, it seems that preaching has been limited to telling the congregation how they are to live. So preaching is not about teaching you about the Bible or to teach you how to live for God. Now, that may be part of preaching. That may be included in the sermon. But preaching is proclaiming, proclaiming the good news of Christ. Now, this is the important piece. In preaching the Word of God, Jesus speaks. Now, again, you might say, well, yeah, I know. Jesus speaks. I can hear him in my head as he's speaking. No, he's speaking audibly. You actually hear him with your ears. Now, I know I'm throwing you off at this point, 
And you're say, no, that's my pastor up front. He's the one who's talking. Yes, you're absolutely right. He is. And Jesus is using his voice box. So with this in mind, the first thing I want you to know is that Jesus told us that he was going to be present. And we know this in a couple ways. The first is he tells us in Matthew 28. In the very last verse of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Jesus tells us that he is with us always to the end of the age. So first, we know that Jesus is present with us spiritually because he told us he was going to be so. But second, we know that Jesus is present with us because he speaks. You see, the proof that Jesus is present is we hear his voice. When the word of God is proclaimed, we hear him. That's proof. Now again, let me go back to the previous point that I made. Just because a guy is up front and he's talking doesn't mean that's the voice of Jesus. When the preacher proclaims the word of God, Jesus speaks, and he's using the minister as a voice box. Now again, I'm sure that you're having a hard time with this. This doesn't make sense to you, or perhaps you think I'm a heretic at this point. But if you go to Exodus chapter 3, we see that God spoke through a burning bush. And in Jesus' day, Caiaphas was the high priest when Jesus was crucified, He was no friend of Jesus, and he prophesied. Of course, he didn't know he was prophesying, but he did. In John chapter 11, verse 50, Caiaphas said that it was better for one man to die so that the whole nation would not perish. He wasn't recognizing Jesus as the Savior. He wanted to kill Jesus. He was no friend of Jesus. But notice what it says in verse 51. He didn't say this of his own accord. You see, God prophesied through Caiaphas, who was no friend of God. So if God can speak through Caiaphas, can he speak through people today? Now, before you think I am speaking of new revelation, I am not. I am not talking about having a a new word for you. If I come to you and I say that God is saying this to me and he wants me to tell you this, you should be very leery. How do you know it's from God? But if I tell you, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you know that's true. Why? Because I said it? No. God said it through me, which is in his word. You see, when the word of God is proclaimed, Jesus speaks. Now, I'm sure at this point you're still not convinced that what I'm saying is true. So we're going to look at a couple more verses. We're going to look at John chapter 10. And there Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd. But there's a couple verses here that I want you to see. And the first is verse 16. And there he says that his people will listen to his voice. And in the original language, the word voice there is the same word that we get for sound or phonograph. It's an audio signal. And then if you look at verse 27, Jesus says that his sheep hear his voice. And notice the verb that Jesus uses, hear. An audio signal is received into the ear. That's the word that is used. So voice, the same word that we get for phone, sound, is received into the ear. You hear it. So Jesus isn't saying you hear him spiritually in your own mind. You see, his sheep hear his voice, and they respond to him. Now, you might think, well, okay, so surely the people there in Jesus' time heard his voice. Well, do you think Jesus is limiting his sheep to just those folks who were there? Not just at that time, but at that actual location at that time? No. 
Jesus is talking about his sheep in all time. You see, he didn't just speak to his people audibly when he was here on earth. He does so today, even as he sits at the Father's right hand. Now, I'm fairly convinced you're still not persuaded at this point. Perhaps you think I'm off my rocker. So we're going to go to Romans chapter 10. Now, we're going to look at this in two different translations. Now, one of the challenges that we have is taking the Bible, which was written over 2,000 years ago, in two languages that are dead. And I don't mean people don't speak Hebrew and Greek today. Languages change over time. So even though there's Greek today, it's not necessarily the same as New Testament Greek. So not only are you translating from one language to another, you're translating it from old languages. Now, I bring this up just to point out the fact that this is challenging, but this by no means should concern you as if, oh no, I don't know what to believe about the Bible, what is true and what isn't. Well, the translations that we have are reliable. They communicate what needs to be communicated. God made sure that was the case. But the reason why I bring this up is we're going to see some differences. So the first translation I'm going to use is the English Standard Version. And we're going to look at verse 14. And there are three questions that Paul asks. And it's really that second question that we're going to address. He says, how are they going to believe in him of whom they've never heard? So in that second question, Paul asks... How are they going to believe in Jesus of whom they haven't heard? But notice a difference between that and the New American Standard. In the second translation, they drop the of before the whom. So the English Standard Version, when you read that second question, it seems like you have to hear about Jesus in order to believe in Jesus. And of course, that's true. Of course, you have to hear about Jesus in order to believe in Jesus. But if you compare the same verse Between the two different translations, you're going to see the New American Standard seems to suggest that you don't have to hear about Jesus in order to come to faith. You actually have to hear Jesus in order to come to faith. You see, it drops out the of. So in other words, how are they going to believe in Jesus whom they haven't heard? So the point that I'm getting at is that the New American Standard is the proper translation on this verse. What the translators of the English Standard Version did is they translated that word according to its case. You see, in the original language, it's a genitive, and you normally translate a genitive with an of. So it makes sense why it's there. But several folks have argued that the New American Standard is the proper way to understand this verse. And in the notes, I'm going to put a link to an article written by J. Mark Beach. Now, it's an academic article, and it's 50-some pages long, but I have a link to his article, and you can read this for yourself. But this is a very important point, what he's getting at. In order to believe Jesus, you don't just have to hear about him. You have to hear him. So what happens on Sunday morning when we come to worship and gather as the people of God and worship him together? The pastor gets up front, he preaches the word of God, and Jesus speaks to us audibly and we hear him with our ears. Is it some out-of-body experience that the pastor has? No. The pastor has taken time to craft his sermon. He's done his study, and he's up there fully aware. He can see which people are falling asleep, and he communicates his sermon. And as the word of God is proclaimed, Jesus speaks to his people audibly, and you hear his voice, and you know he's there because you can hear him. Now, again, it's not when the pastor speaks when the pastor proclaims the word of God, that's when Jesus speaks. Now, I want to finish here by looking at verse 17. 
And Paul says that faith comes by hearing. You see, people come to faith when they hear. This is why preaching is so important. You have to hear the Word of God. But look at what he says in the second part of verse 17. It's hearing through Christ's Word. Jesus speaks, the Holy Spirit works in the hearts of people, and they respond to his voice. You see, Jesus isn't in heaven, as we're down here on earth, completely disconnected from the people. And I think all of you would agree that, of course, Jesus is spiritually present. But the proof is he told us he was going to be. And the second thing is we can hear him. Through the voice box of the preacher, we can hear him. Now, once again, you might think I overstepped my bounds here. But look at what Paul says in the third question of verse 14. How is anyone going to hear the voice of Christ without a preacher? This tells you, quite frankly, how insignificant the preacher really is. Now, I don't want to minimize the work that a preacher does. I'm a minister myself. And we take time to study the scriptures and to craft a sermon and to communicate that sermon. But we're not really all that significant. Jesus is the one who speaks. And again, I'm not trying to make any excuse for being lazy when it comes to sermon prep or anything like that? Not at all. I think this is even more reason to be diligent in our preparation and communication. But communicating the Word of God is not really dependent on me. Jesus speaks through the proclamation of God's Word. So why is this important? Well, first, it reminds you that you should attend church. Now, this isn't some guilt trip. Don't take this the wrong way. A lot of times people think, you know, I guess I should be going to church. My point is this. You go to church to hear the voice of Christ. You go to church to gather with the people of God to worship our Creator together and hear the voice of Jesus. He speaks to you. He nourishes your soul by His Word and Spirit. But second, it reminds you that Jesus is actually present. Again, like I said before, He's not just up in heaven, disconnected from the people, looking down from on high. No, he's with us. When we're sitting in the church with God's people and we hear the word of God, we hear him. He's with us. He's actually present there. It also helps us see how God works. On Christian radio, you hear a lot about paying it forward and good works and that kind of stuff. And I don't want to minimize that. It's nice to do helpful things. And it's true that God may help others through us. So as we have friends in the neighborhood who need a meal or something like that, and we can provide that meal for them, certainly God has provided the meal through us. But notice how God works. He works through speaking. And the first instance that we see this is in Genesis 1, where God spoke and creation came into being. Jesus performed miracles through speaking. In John chapter 5, we see in verse 8 that Jesus healed an invalid just by speaking, telling him to get up, to take his bed, and to walk. In John chapter 11, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead by calling him out of the grave. We see that in verse 43. So seeing this helps us understand how God works. He works through speech. And then again, what Paul said in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing. And remember what Jesus said in John 10. His sheep hear his voice. They follow him. Also, this is a means to determine which church you should or should not attend. This gives us a good discriminator. Now, I'm sure you're going to think this is a little harsh, but the one way that you can see this is where the word of God is proclaimed, Jesus is there. 
If his word is not proclaimed, he is not there. Now again, God is everywhere. I got that. But how do we know Jesus is present? We hear him. So when his word is proclaimed, we know he's there. And if his word is not being proclaimed, we can safely assume that Jesus isn't there. So understanding this can help us determine which church we should or should not be a part of. Churches that focus on your good works as opposed to Christ's work should be avoided. And the reason why is it's not good news. Hearing that you have to do something in order to be right with God, that's bad news because there's nothing that you can do. And that's not good news at all. So those churches that focus on what you need to do as opposed to what Christ has done should be avoided. Again, if the word of God is not being proclaimed, Jesus isn't speaking. That's just the pastor talking. Well, here's my assignment for you. Read Romans chapter 10, verse 14 in the New American Standard Bible and in another version, the English Standard Version or the King James Version. And look in particular at the second question. And notice that the New American Standard drops the of before the whom. And think about the difference that that makes. Put the of there, it leads you to believe that you have to hear about Jesus in order to be saved. But when you drop that of before the whom, it helps you know that you have to hear the voice of Christ in order to be saved. But take some time to to compare that verse in different translations. Now, you may not have a copy of the New American Standard, and you can easily find any translation on BibleGateway.com. So you could either pull up two different browsers and have gateway.com in both browsers, or you can just flip back and forth between the different translations. But you can go there and compare the different translations. But take some time to compare that second question and think about the significance of that. And again, according to Cranfield and John Murray and J. Mark Beach and others, the New American Standard is the proper translation. And then finally, read John chapter 10. And look at what Jesus says about his sheep and those who aren't his sheep. You see, his sheep hear his voice. But he does make a point in there that there are some people who are not his sheep. And notice what he says about them. But John chapter 10 should help you understand that Jesus speaks. And if you're a believer in Christ, you have heard his voice and you have responded to him. Let me conclude this episode by reminding you what Romans 10, 17 says. It says that faith comes by hearing, and you hear through Christ's word. Jesus speaks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. You can find this episode on several different apps. If you like what I do, please leave a positive review. Please share or tell others about The Fox Den. If you have any questions, please email me at terry at thefoxdenjournal.com. Also check out thefoxdenjournal.com to find articles and other resources. Thanks for listening.